Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Klass, and with me today is Des Rock. Des has been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, mentoring others on career and negotiation skills. She is now focused on her own business, dropping out of law school to start Sea Monster several years ago. Des's greatest strength has always seen the big picture. A startup requires a person who can always fight on all fronts without losing perspective and making things personal. This is where she excels. Des's mind works at a fast pace. With her ability to see solutions and paths like puzzle pieces, she has managed to take on a great idea to market and get it to grow. Welcome to the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast, Des Rock. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So first off, Des, why do you do what you do? Oh, um, I think that the the short answer would be is because I'm driven to, and then I was, uh, <laughs> maybe the philosophical answer is because I was born to do it. I think that um, when you spend time finding out, you know, who you are in your 20s and you try a lot of things and that looks chaotic to everybody else and then finally that you realise that actually um, finding solutions to problems that you see is uh, my key strength, hence being an entrepreneur. And uh, that this is my perfect fit. I think this is it. Yeah. And on your bio, you talk a little bit about cybersecurity. And why do you think that cybersecurity needs to be more financially accessible? Hmm. I think cybersecurity has always been a knee-jerk reaction and an afterthought in general organizations. Um, for starters, let's start there. But um, because we don't think of that when we're starting an organization, we don't think let's secure it down until we are, um, you know, like until we're hacked, until we're a victim of uh, uh, ransomware. So that also means that there is not enough knowledge about the industry. And with that also comes down to the way um, our competitors price as well. And they do that by ingestion rates. So they just basically charge you to analyse and monitor every single um, byte of your own data, which means that you're now having to pick and choose which endpoints, what you're going to monitor, right? So then that then dilutes what you, how you would consider yourself secure. So when I say, uh, you know, cyber security should be more, you know, financially accessible, what I'm trying to say is we need to remove barriers in order to make companies and organisations completely secure because unless you've got a circle, a complete and tight circle around your organisation, you cannot claim to be secure. So talk a little bit more about that. Why is, why is the, the current model the, the one about transactional and yours is more holistic in approach? Mm. Uh, because they can, I think, is the answer. That's why I touched on the fact that you know, not enough is known about cybersecurity. The people making the decisions as decision makers are often bamboozled when you know, spoke, speaking to vendors about what the product can and can't do because they don't know. Um, so that's one. And like I said, because they can. And why not? You know, nobody wants to leave money on the table. But when we entered, remember, I mean, you may not know, but we I started off being red team. So we were professional pen testers and hackers before we became cybersecurity solution providers. So um, for us, we knew exactly how to get into a company. And we knew that if you secured only certain endpoints and not others, well, that's exactly how we used to get in, right? So um, then we realised that... Um, that uh, companies in order to, you know, large corporations in order to, you know, continue on with their profits, they charge the way that it's kind of like it's a known thing. Everyone does it, so everyone keeps doing it, right? 
So here I come along trying to democratise security by making it accessible and saying I'm just going to remove that. I'm actually going to make it so anyone can actually access uh, security and encompass their whole entire organisation. Talk about some of the advantages and disadvantages of, of centralization around security, because I think what I, I think a lot of people don't understand is that yes, centralization provides a lot of benefits, like using say Google or something, but it's also a huge flaw if somebody can get into Google, <laughs> right? So there's I think there's a there, there's this balance between I want to be able to use something that's centralized and monitored right. by professionals yeah. and local control. Well, there there's pluses and minuses to each of those, right? So. Uh, it, to us, it wouldn't matter what you use, whether you're using cloud, on-prem, Azure, Google, uh, AWS. It, that all is not the point. You're welcome to keep using whatever you're using. It is about putting a circle around every single thing that you do, right? And so making sure that each one of those all, um services that you're you know you're utilizing has uh you know you we has you you have the ability to monitor that to actually check on that and that monitoring is all set that's what's centralized into the one seam and that's obviously what um we're doing right so we we have a seam so seam start standing for security incident event management software right so that's what that is uh, we started off thinking it was what held your pants up, so I thought I'd clarify. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got another question for you that I that I have is, I mean, the internet was built without security in mind, and security was really a bolt on to it. Yes. Is is there an internet? I don't know what we're up to, two or three where where security becomes a foundational part of it, like say it's built on a blockchain technology. I suppose an analogy could be said about houses being built. Do we start building houses with security bolted on or do we still start, you know, how do we start engineering our houses? And at the, so far, it's pretty much on par. We still build what we build and then we bolt on or um, security. Now, traditionally, like proper um, networking, and I don't know how if this happens, but proper networking or if you were to start an organisation from scratch, and I'm talking from scratch, not a legacy network, uh, you... As you have an architect design your network, you should also run that past a security specialist as well, right? So they can actually see all the weaknesses during the design point. I'm not sure if that's what's happening. Uh, I can't speak to that. I'm not in that area at all. But um, so far, we still have a lot of catching up to do and a lot of regulating as well that needs to happen in this industry. And I think uh, I, the challenge is, as perhaps you know, we get to higher levels of computing, and it becomes maybe easier and easier to break these passwords. The advent of AI, all of these things are converging at one point, aren't they? So, um, well, the thing is, though, the, where you're combating the human mind and the ability to outthink, um, uh, you know. When we design, again, it comes down to the way we design things. When we design things, we do not look for how can this be hacked. And you're thinking of computers and and uh, cybersecurity. This could be anything. This could be, for example, let me give you like credit scores, right? Uh, if you wanted to build up a credit score, you, you know how to hack the system. You know exactly what you need to do, right? That's Now, you think of it like that. When they were building that system, they didn't sit there and think, well, how are people going to overcome this? So my point is, is that there will always be people to outthink and, you know, like think outside of the box and work out how that they can get around whatever you put in there. And we have an exit question, Des, that we ask all of our guests, and that is, who is a hero of yours and why are they a hero? Uh, you know... I thought long and hard about this one. I don't have one particular person because I take inspiration from everybody because the qualities I see around me is often very inspiring. And um, so it can often be very much everyday people. 
And lastly, Des, how can somebody contact you? Through LinkedIn. Yeah. All right. Des Rock. Des Rock, thanks so much for being a guest on the Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. Review and subscribe by searching your podcast player of choice for Sage Thought Leadership Podcast. 